don't focus on being the second best Ons or the second best Jonak or the second best Super. Be the best you. Don't be Super number two. Be chill number one, you know? Have people look up to you. Don't become your idol. Become somebody else's idol. Be the best version of you that you can. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Work in Progress. I'm your host, uh, Don't Kill Chill, member of Fluid Gaming. Um, I'm here with Cap. Cap was taken. Uh, we're going to be kind of going over a little bit of, uh, of gaming and mental health and, you know, just our lives, just kind of shoot the shit. And, um, you know, uh, the whole point of this podcast is going to be, uh, it's called Work in Progress. So discussing, you know, things with people who are not perfect, nobody's perfect, um, just kind of getting their a better understanding of who they are as people and what they're doing to kind of work on themselves and, and where they're headed with their life uh cap welcome to the show cap is a former professional currently getting back to the professional level played in a bunch of different um uh esports from overwatch to splitgate to valorant uh played tournaments went to college for esports as well and uh very happy and very uh blessed to be sitting down here with cap and kind of just going over life so cap how are we doing i'm doing pretty good how are you i'm good i'm good feeling good um just trying to try to get everything going you know what i mean it's it, it's uh good to be back in in the game i i took from right now i took like a month off of streaming and, and gaming in general and just kind of tried to find a balance in my life but uh you know now we're back and i'm happy to be back and glad to have you on as you know the first official guest of the uh work in progress podcast powered by fluid gaming so um, if you want to just kind of go ahead and give me a little bit of a background on your life, like where'd you come from? How'd you get started with gaming? Um, and just kind of lead that into where you are at now. So I'm going to keep it uh, extremely honest because that's kind of just who I am. I'm a very honest person. Um, so going back, I didn't know much about esports when I was getting into it. I was kind of, I come from a more rundown part of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of grew up with some bad people around me made a lot of bad life decisions um got kicked out of my main high school ended up going to an alternative school found out that there was a way to test out early so i just said fuck it flopped every class except for the ones that i needed to pass graduated a year early and then i sat there for like a year i was like i i I don't know what the fuck i'm gonna do with my life like i have my high school diploma but i don't really want to go to college i don't really have any special skills so I just kind of tried streaming for a year or so. Uh, took like a break here from everything. Worked a really shitty nine to five at Dairy Queen. And I was just, I was miserable. Um, and then one of my friends reached out to me. He's like, hey, you should, you should apply for this college. I just applied for it. And it was Auto University out in Kansas. It was the first year that they opened their esports program. And I got accepted into it. Nice. So stopped everything. Moved out there. Told my girlfriend, like, listen, love you. Sorry. I'm moving. Get fucked. <laughs> um, and then I was out there for a year. And then I realized, okay, um, this isn't the right place for me. Because at the time, my in-game name was Bipolar Jesus. And I had a bunch of tattoos. And not only was it a Christian college, oh but it was also home to a bunch of um, Indians. Like They had scholarships if you were from a native tribe or whatever. I don't I don't know what the correct terminology is for that. I think it's indigenous, maybe. Yeah. Um, 
So I was just getting dirty looks constantly um, due to my appearance and the name on the back of my jersey. Um, and I was like, all right, uh, I'm going to give it a few more months and then I'm going to drop out. And that's when I got a few offers to start coaching for other schools in the area. Um, and that's kind of what started my journey on coaching. At the time, I wanted to be a player, but I couldn't really do it simply due to the anxiety I had. Um, I wasn't comfortable being in the public eye, which looking back to it is stupid because the ELO that I was used to playing at, I was constantly getting in streamers games. So there's constantly like 500 to 1500 people watching what I was doing at all times. Yeah. Um, and it took me a while to get over that. But yeah, so I kind of just coached and that's been what I've been doing since. And then say like a year or two back, I finally got over that and started playing more. So with the uh, with coaching, how, how does that kind of work? Are you for your resume? Are you just going to different schools and different organizations and being like, hey, I have this kind of repertoire with this game. I um, you know, I'm this rank. This is how much I know, you know. I mean, not the flex or anything. Uh, do you know what Liquipedia is? Yeah, yeah. I have I have three pages on there. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have one for Overwatch, one for Valorant, and one for Halo. Um, okay. So, for the most part, I'll just reach out to people that are looking for coaches. I'll be like, hey, send that. Have previous experience here. Currently partnered with Aim Labs, all that stuff. And then, like right now, I'm focused on playing Overwatch, but I'm also Right now, I'm talking to United about potentially getting kicked up as their split gate coach. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. So, what was what was the first game that you were like, "Holy shit, I'm really, really good at this." Let me take this seriously and and you know try and make a career out of this. Um, I well, the goal was never to make a career out of video games until college. Honestly, mm -hmm. growing up, I played a lot of Gears of War and Call of Duty. Um, but I never really noticed that I was good. Like, it was really just I would play with my friends, and I would shit on them, and I wouldn't think anything of it because I didn't really play online because I didn't have the opportunity to do so. But once I turned like sixteen, seventeen, um, I moved out and moved in with my girlfriend, and that's when I started like paying for online memberships and everything. And then I think around 17, I got my wisdom teeth taken out. And for that week, I just sat there drugged out of my mind playing Overwatch on console because yeah. it was free for the time. And that was the first time I'd ever played Overwatch. I remember just playing Widow. And I was like, holy shit, these people are really bad. <laughs> a few months later, I bought a PC again. And at first, I only played Rust because I'm a big survival fan, like survival game fan. Um, and then eventually, I gave in. I bought Overwatch on PC, and I think I placed like Diamond or Masters my first season. I was like, okay, like I'm not bad at this game. You're like shit. Maybe everybody else isn't that shitty. Maybe I'm just really, really good. Yeah, that's kind of what I realized. And it wasn't even like it's not necessarily that I'm good at learning games. I think it's just that I have naturally good mechanics. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's like something that a lot of people in the space don't really think about. It's like, oh, I spent hours and hours and hours at this game, you know, getting better and better, which I'm sure you have. Some people just really just have that kind of natural, the reflex that comes to them, their reaction time, that kind of stuff. That's just, oh yeah, it's like, dude, I was meant to do this. Especially in a game like Overwatch. Yeah, there's like 
there's a lot that goes into Overwatch. So higher ELO, you have like three kinds of players. You have the people who are just really smart and they know what to do and they play everything extremely logically and like a game of chess in their head. And then you have the people who are just pure raw talent and hit every shot. And then you have the people who are pretty good at both and just like a perfect 50-50 blend. Mm -hmm. Where do you think you kind of fall in with that mix, mix of people? Um, in Overwatch now, I'd say I'm still like a solid like 70% aim, 30% logic. Like I'm still more mechanically gifted than I am logically gifted because sometimes I get very distracted thinking about everything. If I turn my brain off and I just focus on shooting things, I tend to play a lot better. <laughs> I wish I had that, man. I, I feel like I'm I'm at like probably as vanilla as of a gamer as you could possibly get at this point. Like I, I got my PC in um i've been a console player like my entire life but i got my pc in um october 2020 i got furloughed from my job at best buy and i um i was like you know what i'm sitting here on unemployment trying to find a job and i'm just stacking bread so let me buy a pc and uh i pretty much play the exact same games i would play if i was on console i play just a shitload of call of duty i'm playing warzone and uh fifa big fifa guy madden but i'm trying to branch out more but what you're talking about just like shutting your brain off that's i think that's like so many people could probably relate to that because i know if i'm in a game of warzone and i play rebirth island a lot i don't know it, i don't know if you play warzone at all but um i'll just like brain goes off and i no longer think and i'm just like full rushing a, qu a quad while i'm solo and I'll get shit on and I'm like, why did this happen? It's like, oh, because I didn't think about it before I rush into a building of four people by myself thinking that I'm fucking Rambo. No, I just went <laughs> there. There's no thought behind my eyes. I'm just a person with a gun getting shit on. And that's like, it gets so old after a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I've just never been the guy that's like, wow, I know for a fact I'm better than everybody. And, um, so it's it's cool to kind of hear it from that perspective of somebody who's i mean you don't seem cocky about it at all you know it's i definitely just, am i have a massive ego <laughs> in games <laughs> it's in so game, bad in game it's fine like you see the the people and you've been to lands before like you see the people at lands that just start it's crazy land oh yeah last land i played i was it was a local halo land um we were, we were getting shit on by kansas city pioneers but i was still running my fucking mouth don't get me wrong <laughs> i was talking my shit <laughs> you got to man i mean you got you can't just sit down and put your tail between your legs you got especially if you're if you're one of those guys that's cocky all the time you can't shut down when the pressure's on you you just gotta keep it i mean it's more of a mental game than anything it's i feel like when it comes to higher level gameplay it's not about who's better because you're on the same playing field for the most part it's about who can make the other team tilt first teabagging shooting into bodies talking shit in game chat whatever if you can make one player on their team tilt and get out of a good mindset it's a it's a 5v6 like you're winning every fight at that point yeah so kind of talk about um let's talk about split gate right so everybody kind of remembers split gate that's in you know that's relatively pays attention to mainstream gaming it kind of came onto the scene for like the bulk of, of us, you know, standard gamers in between Warzone beginning to die and uh, Halo and Battlefield 2042 coming out. It kind of came out in that sweet spot and got really popular. 
and became like a bridge where people could find something to kind of take their mind off of uh, most of the the games that were just kind of shit at the time. You know, I felt like Splitgate for me, I had so much fun playing that game, right? Because it reminded you of the nostalgia of Halo while adding, you know, portals and uh, new map designs and stuff like that was really, really cool. Um, so from your point of view as somebody who competed uh, at like a more professional level, can you kind of talk about your experiences with that in the Splitgate community? Splitgate was a very interesting dynamic, especially higher tier. You had two or three groups of players. There was the group of people that had an ego and thought they were better than everyone. And those are the people in SPS right now. There was the group of people who were good at the game, but constantly complained. And then there was the group of controller players who abused aim assist, which that one's still prevalent. And I think that's really funny. Aim assist isn't even that bad, realistically, especially in a game like Splitgate. All, all you have to do is get behind them. And a lot of people overlook that fact because they're too busy bitching and complaining about the fact that they have apparently an AI in their fucking hands that's playing the game for them, which isn't the case at all because it still requires a decent amount of skill to know what to do and that dude i i just like i remember at least for me right like i i feel like i hopped on splitgate fairly early not super early but you know before the massive rush of people that overloaded the servers came in and bro there was just kind of hit you into like oh my god this game is fantastic like i'm having so much fun the mechanics are fun like the shooting is fun you know it's it's not like halo where you know you got to break shield to hit headshots and stuff like that they kind of found a good balance between the time to kill with like call of duty and halo and stuff like that and the guns were super fun to shoot um i don't know like the maps seemed decent enough the portals like being able to use that in the same kind of like skill set as it felt like grounded like halo but you know you can move around the map quicker and stuff like that so from a competitive standpoint right like me i'm very slow i shoot a portal at this wall and then i'm like oh fuck uh let me shoot one up here right but do, what do you kind of see like when you start a game and you're like game planning for how you're going to play against a specific team do you guys kind of talk strategy as okay we're portaling here this is the like kind of points on the map that we're going to try to exploit like what kind of goes to your mind as somebody who's competing uh in Splitgate? So typically in Splitgate, since it's a 4v4, it depends on the map and game mode. But for the most part, you have um, like two fraggers, one hillboy, and then one support player. So off spawn, there's two power weapons on every map. Usually, um, for example, on I'm trying to think of what the map was called, Old Stadium, that's what it was. You would send one person to shotgun, uh, which would either be on your right side or your left side, depending on what side you spawned on. So the person behind you would step back, shoot a portal on shotgun, and then shoot a portal on the wall. And then the person who spawned in front of them would just run straight on spawn. And then they would get on a sh 1v1 on the shotgun to get that power weapon. And then the other two players would go for the plasma and the railgun and then whatever team took control of those power weapons would kind of roll the first half of the map kind of just using portals to your advantage and being as fast as you can to get these rollouts to get these super powerful weapons which are going to be gone for the next two and a half minutes which two and a half minutes may not sound long but that's two and a half hills if you're playing king of the hill yeah that's i mean it's in gaming i mean think about two and a half the last two and a half minutes of let's just call it like a basketball game right that last two and a half minutes of a basketball game can feel like it goes on for hours. So much ground that can be made up in two and a half minutes. It, you know, if you got a team of four that's really rolling together, I mean, 
it, having control of power weapons could definitely make or break your game especially with something like the railgun yeah it takes a little bit to charge up but if three people line up you're gonna instantly kill three people then you're in a 1v4 kind of when splitgate started to die right for the mainstream folks i know it's still like the competitive scene is still pretty good with it and i follow them on twitch so you can kind of see um like the price pool seem like it's really really good for a lot of those you know like pro players um as someone who's kind of going through that what goes through your mind when you see how much money's on the line for a lot of these tournaments i i think it's pretty crazy like i i know they got a lot of money and funding but i think it's crazy that they're putting so much into the pro scene that only benefits a fraction of what the player base was at a time because the reason Splitgate died is because they weren't supporting that casual audience the casual player base wasn't getting enough updates everything was catered towards the pro scene i mean there's what eight pro teams of five people um like that's not that many players realistically yeah. and that's what their entire game is catered towards now i mean yeah they have like the map creator now and everything but the reason the game died was there's just nothing to keep the casual audience there battle pass was way too long there wasn't enough mid-season updates map changes etc i mean we haven't got a new map since um i think it was crag all we've gotten is reworks of old maps which that's cool for the first couple days but you gotta keep it fresh you know what i mean that's like where games like Fortnite had such good success and why they why Fortnite is still probably the, one of the biggest games in the world is it should, they just keep it fresh, you know? So Splitgate had a lot going for it in the beginning. You know, their their developers were active on social media, like telling people, being upfront, being honest with what was going on, you know, transparency was so key, which I think a lot of people enjoyed because there wasn't a lot of transparency from developers and I mean, it was like what four or five dudes in a yeah. I mean, room, like making it this game before the mainstream game. There was like weekly updates where everyone would get in VCs, talks about what they want because they catered towards their community, which was small. It was like a thousand players, if that. And now it's much, much bigger. And I'm sure the majority of it comes down to like we can't do that anymore. How the fuck do we cope with this? And I'm sure they're trying. It's gonna be hard to appease console players competitive players pc players map creators all of these people and that's the thing you've got to kind of find a balance with it right but at the end of the day they're gonna cater to what makes them they it's profit like it's got to come down to that right pro scene and that's what's making them the most money they they have no choice that's how they're gonna stay in business and you're you were like you were saying earlier they did get a lot of funding in the beginning i think it was something like it was like 100 million i think something like that yeah invested straight in, i mean dude you got five dudes in a dorm room that just got a hundred million dollars in funding to you know create this game like that's got to be a lot of pressure and i feel like they definitely dropped the ball with that for sure like you were saying i mean one day i'm like fuck it i'm streaming split gate i'm getting clips i'm tweeting about it like every other day like dude i love this game and the next day boom done it's you know? they're going through the same pipeline that overwatch went through it was an amazing game and then slowly but surely they stopped putting out new maps they stopped putting out new characters they announced overwatch 2 they announced overwatch 2 when i was in college and we didn't get the beta until it was last month and the month before and now we're waiting patiently trying to deal with all the bullshit that is overwatch 1 we get the update yesterday saying it's coming out in october it's gonna be free to play and they're like 
like, by the way, next beta, don't know what it is. You'll find out on the 16th. And it's like, okay, like, that's cool. But Overwatch 1 in its current state is stale. All we're getting is buffs and nerfs, which change the meta every few days. We haven't gotten a new map since Havana, which came out two and a half years ago now. We haven't gotten a new character since Echo, which came out two years ago. Like, there is new, no new content coming into Overwatch. And it's sad because they cater towards the competitive scene which is dying anyway right the competitive scene for the competitive scene is amazing right now because they all get ac yeah because they all have access to overwatch too i've been I i'll be honest with you i've slept on overwatch the whole time i yeah so the games i never got into that, that leads me into what i was going to talk about next is overwatch would you say is kind of like your that's your bread and butter yeah, I I love Overwatch. I always love Overwatch. It was the first game I played at a competitive level. It's the only game that's kept my attention span for so long because there's so much to do in it. You have three different roles. Each role has a different subclass, a shit ton of different characters. Yeah, there's only XYZ amount of maps, but every game you're going to play is going to be different because every person is good at playing certain characters. So you might play dive on one map and then you might get the same map the next game and play double shield which is a completely different comp completely different feel so kind of talk about that with with overwatch um and we'll bleed this into the next topic as well but just kind of talk about overwatch and what it's meant to you up to this point and how long have you been playing it mm, i've been playing overwatch for four or five years now um see like a really experienced player with it and talk about you know going from just like a semi-casual player to you know competing at the professional level with it and you know organization wise like were you part of an org that kind of got you you know more involved or, or how did this whole process start when it came to overwatch overwatch i was luck it was all luck for me i just got noticed and it all escalated very fastly which i am extremely grateful for because i have friends who have competed for years and are much better than me but have not had any opportunity to do half of the things that i have simply due to how oversaturated the competitive scene is in overwatch for the most part there's been three very well-defined things in overwatch there's they have their very well laid out path to pro you play open division top eight teams go to contenders trials top two teams from contenders trials play the two lower teams and contenders if the two contenders trial teams won they would make it into contenders the two contender teams would be dropped out contenders is the tier two contenders is right below overwatch league which is tier one literally every player that is in overwatch league right now has played in contenders at some point contenders trial or open division is open to anyone any team can compete anybody can play there's not an sr cap it's max at 512 teams per region this season they did it a little differently because it's a new game everyone that is playing in contenders and playing in overwatch league is going to get access to the overwatch 2 beta so this season it was top 32 teams i got extremely lucky we placed top 16 in north america i actually get my overwatch 2 beta key tomorrow so excited to play it <laughs> and overwatch 2 overwatch 2 feels fucking amazing uh from what i got to experience in the beta and scrims in the beta taking a tank out really makes it a lot more action-packed it's yeah. constant fighting off spawn like there's no more fucking sitting behind a shield and spamming for 10 minutes to hopefully break both shields just to potentially get an opportunity and an opening to kill somebody and steamroll a team it's really down to who can play around who better and taking most of cc away i'm no longer stun locked every two minutes by a fucking brig or constantly getting flashbanged by a fucking mccree like i can actually play the goddamn game now <laughs> it feels amazing <laughs> So like the balance of it, you just, you feel is kind of more. Oh yeah, it feels it feels so good. Do you feel like 
it was worth the weight that it's taken for them to absolutely not no how no <laughs> no <laughs> no that's, that's what I, I figured and i figured 99 percent of people would agree with you yeah it's been three years since overwatch 2 has been announced and all we got was a two-week beta there's i i feel as if there's no excuses for that um i know blizzard just got bought out, bought out by activision i know there was all of the sexual allegations literally the only content update we have gotten since all of this has happened is they're changing mccree's name to cole cassidy due to the sexual allegations against the person that mccree was named after and that's the biggest content update we got was a goddamn name change <laughs> That's, I think it's kind of incredible then, you know, for a game to stay relevant with that much, for it being that stagnant, you know what I mean? That shows you how dedicated of a player base you have, you know what I mean? And I mean, yeah. The there's... game being so good, you know, for people to kind of stick around and just sit there and wait and wait and wait and wait, you know what I mean? I wouldn't say that it's that the base game is good. It's that there's hundreds of players who have dedicated all of their time into being the best that they can at a chance to playing pro. And due to how hard it is to actually go pro in Overwatch, if these people were to take a break and Overwatch 2 were to come out, they, they'd get fucked. And that's just how it is, especially with Overwatch 2 going free to play. There's going to be a massive influx of players. It's really going to be these people competing to keeping their spot. And if you played Overwatch 1, you're going to be miles ahead of everyone going into Overwatch 2. But if you take a break, you're going to be on the very similar playing field as these new players coming in. Yeah. So that kind of leads me into my next topic. Like, it's there's a lot of pressure with that. You know, so can you kind of talk about um, this kind of leads into the topic of mental health. So can you kind of talk about gaming, you know, from a broad perspective, like gaming in general, and then as somebody who's competed, you know, professionally and, you know, how do you kind of balance your your mental health? How do you stay kind of grounded? You know, it, how much anxiety kind of goes into preparing at that level? You know, is it, you know twice as hard you know on your on your mental health as as you know just your every casual everyday player like can you kind of just talk about how you know how it affects you positively and negatively from those kind of standpoints so for me i love the adrenaline rush that i get from competing knowing that there's something on the line uh more than just proving that i'm better than a team knowing that there's a prize pool knowing everything is on the line at that point but with that it's a lot more stressful. For example, the team that I'm playing for right now, we're playing. Shout them out. Uh, I'm playing for Team Trinity right now, but we're scrimming every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday for three hours a day. Um, so for those three hours, we're playing, and then every Tuesday, Thursday, we have a VOD review as a team. Saturday is kind of like a break day, and then on top of our VOD review for a team, we have our team coach, who we're supposed to get two one-on-one VOD reviews of with from our own perspective so realistically i'd say i'm spending like 20 25 hours focusing on what i can do better for playing to be better um and even right now like i'm in a place where the meta that overwatch is in i have to play a lot of tracer and i'm not the best tracer player so i have to take a break week right now and completely study this character and learn this character that way i can come back and stay on this team if i don't perform well on tracer then there's a solid chance that i'll be benched or be dropped and that's extremely stressful oh absolutely yeah it's i mean that takes a heavy toll on on somebody you know that like especially when it's something you're not it's kind of not taking you out of your comfort zone so where you know some people that could be a good challenge for them you know other people it's like really easy to bend into the pressure that that 
brings to you, you know? Yeah, I don't think playing competitive is for the faint of heart. You have the constant anxiety of, okay, if I don't perform up to the standard that I'm going to be held to, there are 100 players that are on the same skill level with me that could take my place and absolutely will take my place. It's a, it's a scary feeling knowing that one fuck up and you could potentially lose like a main source of income to you absolutely man and and you know you you come to be friends with these you know your coaches and your teammates and stuff like that but it's a business at the end of the day and the business yeah. has to do what's best for the business and um, you're a commodity at the end like that's that's such a shitty way to boil it down you know but it kind of takes you out of you being a human right because they yeah. have you know fans and stuff like that who expect stuff from you and they're rooting for you and they're they're pouring you know time and money into you to support you and stuff like that and they want the best out of you that they could possibly get so that adds like a whole nother level of stress on top of everything i just i feel like it's like it's got to be super tough you know so how, how do you kind of you know when you get in those moments and you know you anxiety kind of overtakes you what kind of brings you back is there certain games that you like to play that kind of take you out of it or do you just step away from gaming altogether or what what, what ways do you kind of bring yourself back down to earth in those moments see that's where i am flawed um i don't really have a way to calm myself or bring myself back down i take the negative energy and i channel it back into the game to be better um my logic is if someone wants to sit here and talk shit on me, I will bet them something. I will take that negative energy and the threat that I have and use it as motivation to prove them absolutely fucking wrong. Um, if someone says that I can't do something, I want to do everything in my power to show them they're a fucking idiot. <laughs> that's and that's, that's what it boils down to. Can be, you know what I mean? That's like, dude, that's like, and that's the kind of competitive fire it takes, right? That's the kind of competitive, the kind of competitor you gotta be to be successful in these places. And and not everybody's yeah. like that, right? So, and people will call you toxic, and they'll they'll say this, oh, he talks too much shit, that this and that and that. But bro, it's like you said, it's not for everybody. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I found out I have a week to learn a character that I've never played. I spent, I found out Friday. I spent all of Saturday watching a 14-hour breakdown of a Tracer on Rake to GM video. Paid attention to everything they did. Took notes. Um, yesterday, I spent all day on a brand new account playing Overwatch. Right now, I'm stuck Masters, which is a pretty high rank to go from not knowing how to play a character to be the second highest rank. And then my goal by Wednesday is to be top 500 Tracer one trick pony on that account. There you go. See, I'm like you set the goals out. You're you're trying to achieve them in in your order. Yeah, um, I think something that really helps is setting a lot of short term goals. Um, I think a lot of people only set their end goal, and then they get discouraged because they don't see the end goal coming faster. So something I like to do is I'll make a lot of goals. So I plan on being top five hundred. Top five hundred is like 3,900 on Overwatch right now. So I set it out really realistically. I'm like, okay, I want to watch this video. By Wednesday, I want to be 3,300. I'm already 
3600 on this account. By Thursday, I want to be 3600 By Friday, I want to be 3700 uh, and so on and so on. And you can see very logically, okay, I'm at this goal, this goal, this goal. I'm ahead of schedule. That means I can realistically take a break day and just hang out, watch movies with my girlfriend, play a relaxing game, do whatever. And she's like, okay, like I've met these goals. I know I'm on track to do this instead of just looking at the end goal. Yeah. And like setting, I think that's where a lot of people, you know, they get discouraged is that they, a kid will sit down and he's like, okay, um, I'm going to take a game that, that I know something about, you know, I'll, I'll just take Call of Duty, right? I want to get 150 wins by the end of the month. That's a, that's a big challenge to hit. You know what I mean? I mean, even outside of gaming, if you look at it logically, like, okay, I want to buy a car by summer. You can sit there and you can be extremely unlogical and you can save six paychecks in a row where you can set a bunch of short-term goals and be like, okay, I'm going to make $150 this week, put $50 into savings, spend the other 100 to do whatever, um, invest it, have fun with friends, etc. I'm going to do another 50 this week. Sure, it's going to take longer, but it's going to be less stressful on you. I'd rather be $50 shorter every week for 12 weeks than have absolutely no money for three weeks. And that's the sacrifice. You know, it's like, I mean, most people will be like, okay, I want to buy a car by summer that costs 20 grand and they don't even have a job yet. So they're way behind schedule. You know what I mean? Whereas the smart person's like, okay, let me set a realistic goal. I have this car I want to buy. So like you said, the goal is to save 150 bucks a week. What do I need to do to, to, to get there? What do I need to do? What do I got to sacrifice? You know, do I got to not eat out twice a week? Do I got to cut it back? Do I got to start meal prepping at home or like losing weights a bit. Like I'm trying to lose weight. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, I want to lose five pounds every two weeks. Okay. What do I need to do to get there? S setting the, the macro goal and then the micro goals that help you get there. Yeah. And that, that's exactly what esports was down to as well, especially if you're coming into it younger, if you're 16, 17 and you're like, okay, I want a career in esports more than likely your high school has an esports club more than likely there is a college near you that has esports scholarships and there's tons of opportunities to look at it you shouldn't be okay my goal is to be full-time esports within the next two years it should be okay i want to see how good i am at this level and then i want to go to college pursue a degree in case this doesn't work out and then after college you can be like okay i'm gonna balance this job and we're play tier three if you get out of tier three and go to tier two okay i'm gonna work part-time at my job now focus on esports a little bit more start seeing more improvement okay drop your job you're financially stable at that point you need to work your way through it you can't just say i want to do this and do this i've never really heard of somebody just straight up deciding they want to do this and jumping from being an absolutely no name to being a tier one player you have to work your way through the ranks you have to get noticed that's what it boils down to you can't just jump the gun it's a grind man it is a grind and if you're not willing to take a long-term investment and set these goals for yourself just stop like you're not gonna make it it's the sad truth of it sets pro players apart from like streamers right because now dude it's so easy to become a streamer anybody can do it i think the timing of the pandemic really showed that anybody can become a streamer right you just gotta have something to stream on and you can stream fucking anything anything you want I could sit here and stream me opening and closing my door for 10 hours straight. I'm a streamer. But then, like, you add in Instagram and YouTube and TikTok and stuff like that. And then you add, like, the shorts that they all have. Instagram shorts, TikTok, you know, YouTube reels, whatever. Like, it, it just, the chances of exposure and becoming noticed is, like, so much easier now. Esports and, and, like, the real competitive scene, I feel like it's it's 
unless I mean, you're just an, a godly talent, it's hard to do that. You know what I mean? I, same to streaming so to an extent, though. Yeah, yeah, I feel like right. there's, I mean, yeah, you're right. Anyone can become a streamer, but there's a big difference between being a streamer and being a successful streamer. Um, because I mean, I tried content creation for a while and I get more exposure than most because I have a name built for myself in a bunch of communities. But even then, like, okay, I need to stream this day. I need to send this stream over to my editor, have them edit the video, tell them what parts are funny to edit into a video. Then I need to come up with a title, come up with a thumbnail, post this video. Then I need to promote it on Twitter and my Twitch. I need to make shorts on YouTube and Twitch to promote this video. And that is so stressful to me. It's a lot. On top of balancing everything you already do. If you are successful, that adds another value of stress because that, back to like the competitive scene, you have these people watching you and they're going to see every good moment, every fail. It's going to be clipped. That's going to be immortalized. If you do one fuck up, you're getting made fun of for the next week if you're a big streamer. And it's kind of tough too. You know, it's like, hmm, as a competitive player, do I want to stream the esport that I'm that I am competing in? Because then that gives you know the people I play against just a little bit more to kind of go off of when it comes to you know film. I'm a football player, so you know what I mean. Any chance I could get a film on somebody that I'm playing against, I'll take it. And um, you know, there's there's like so much to to do now. It's it's, it's crazy how blown up it. And like I didn't I didn't really, because I was kind of the same way, man. That's kind of where my f- shortcoming is as well is you know i'm a part of fluid gaming i i joined up with them a little over a year ago now and i like when i had this idea of what being a streamer was right and i'm not big or popular in any sense of the word i just i'm like damn i love playing video games why not just turn on a camera and see if somebody that watches it by chance likes it and tells their friend and then they come and then you know but i like I'm kind of the same way. Like I have two full-time jobs that I work on top of doing this. And it's like, dude, I, I don't really know how to edit my own videos. I did a little bit of graphic design so I could make a thumbnail, you know, but then I got to make a TikTok and I got to take a YouTube video. Like you said, find the funny clips that can become a TikTok or an Instagram reel or a YouTube short or whatever. And it's like, dude, this is, you're pulling yourself in so many different directions. But I think, that's a kind of the blessing of, of being in an org with people who like who who run fluid gaming johnny and the boys is you kind of have people who are businessmen and, and like know the structure and we have you know a partner streamer miss hobo slayer amy she's like super awesome and she's very helpful and she's been doing it for so long that she kind of knows how to help you and, and and tell you oh this is what you should do here's a, a way to help me grow so from just like strictly the content creation perspective, I feel like all that it really takes is a little bit of guidance. And, you know, you hear people like Nick Merckx and, and other people talk about it. Like, what's going to set you apart? What's going to make you different? But at the same time, it's like, dude, there's so many, I mean, there's so many fucking people. Yeah. How much different can I, I mean, get? How dude, much can I get? I'll scroll through TikTok and like, I'll look at videos. And I'll think of something funny, and then I'll go to comment it, and I'll see, like, okay, someone's already commented this. Like, and it kind of just points out, like, you're not original. No one's original. Everyone has the same thoughts. It's just who does it first. And if somebody does it first, you're always going to be compared to them. You're a copycat of that person, especially if they're successful. And you see it just from, like, random shit on Twitter, right? Like, I'll, what's one thing? Like, you ever been in the shower, and you, like, stick your hand out, and the water comes off your fingers? I'm like, dude, 
everybody do this literally like what the f am i not uh, it's like there's like the same life just in there's like a clip of xcc that went viral recently where he's like yeah like i used to like sit there and i would say like random words and just make them up and like move my arms and say i was the first person to do that i did the same shit as a child i would say random shit and just wave my arms in a random way so i could be the first to do it and now you see on tiktok there's this guy that posts like you're the first person to see macaroni and cheese cooked inside a microwave while a captain america statue poops out jelly beans or something there's always somebody who comments no i was at the party with george back in 2013 when he did this for amy's birthday and it's like bro shut the fuck up like <laughs> it's so it's so crazy like how like serendipitous all of that kind of shit is right it's yeah like, dude it's, de it's deja vu i mean it's all, it's all a simulation yeah. man that's what it boils down to there's no way that we're all having these similar thoughts yeah like i just i don't know i just can't do content creation i'm at the point now where i was posting clips on tiktok i've had three accounts at 70k now and i sold them all because it's just too stressful and then i'm to the point now where i'll just keep my clips i'll post them on twitter and then i'll make a montage every couple months maybe i'll stream when i'm um doing streams maybe i'll stream a tournament but that's the most i can do i'm just focused on the game at this point right now i'm working with the company to start doing like pro guides but that's that's the most, and that's all yeah. scripted content. Is that Metify? Um, no comment. No comment. <laughs> no, no comment. Editors, we'll cut that out. <laughs> we'll cut that out. Actually, we'll leave it in. We're gonna break the news right here. Come on. I'm I'm not an NDA or anything. <laughs> just just keeping it to yourself. I got you, man. Um, we're at like 50 minutes, man. Is there kind of anything that you want to talk about? Just you know, spitballing, man. Like. Anything that's on your mind? Do workouts. Do hand workouts. Do routines if you're playing. Yeah, I recently fucked up my hand. So, like, pulled the muscle. Didn't know that was a thing. See, Took, folks, like, two weeks for my hand to feel better. There's an easy fix for that. And it's, uh... True. Yeah. Right I think here. I, like, literally hit a hospital flick. Like, fucked up my hand. Hurt the play for, like, two weeks. It's like, damn. It was right in the middle of when Overwatch 2 beta came out, too. So I was just sitting there, like, in pain, forcing myself to play the game. I was like, fuck it, dude. Don't know when I'm going to get another beta. Don't want to lose any time. Yeah. Tore his shoulder ACL trying to hit a clip. It's craziness, man. And yeah, I think that's why, like, esports... If you look at esports, the average lifespan of, like, a esports player versus, like, an actual sports player is significantly shorter and i think it's just due to the toll on mental health and maybe hand injuries i don't know honestly i feel like <laughs> mental health is like a little i feel like it's definitely mental health yeah oh so another thing i wanted to talk about so no not a lot <laughs> <laughs> there was a big story a while back um about a lot of players getting i don't know if you it's exposed or just kind of coming out to talk about um prescription drug abuse in competitive esports right like adderall and stuff like oh that. yeah i i i have and recently stopped but did for a while that's a big thing it's told you does that really take on you you know what i mean i i'll be obvious besides um, the obvious i'm addicted to a drug and it, it helps me you know what i mean besides the obvious you know forms of drug addiction I mean, I feel like it gets to a point where it's just like, damn, I need this to be a good player. Or, like, what the fuck do I do without it? Because, like, it does help. Also, it could get you disqualified from a lot of tournaments you find out. You could get dropped from teams. Yeah. 
and it, I mean, it has a massive impact on everything. Like your sleep schedule will go downhill. Um, a lot of people like don't eat and stuff. Like it's it's fucked. Yeah. But that's the vicious cycle, right? Is esports player doing well? Starts not doing well. Takes Adderall. Starts doing well again. Starts doing better than before. Yeah, has to stop. Better. Can't do anything. Goes through midlife gaming crisis. <laughs> Anxiety sets in. Depression. Realizes it's because of the drugs. Stops the drugs. Cycle restarts. You know. What I mean? Yeah, and I mean, Faze Ray went through that. He wasn't a competitive player. He was just a content creator. But we all saw his life spiral out of control. I saw him go like paralyzed. Some start to get better multiple times. Some get worse multiple times. It's hard to watch people go through that kind of shit. You know what I mean? I think, I think personality also plays a massive impact. Um, there was a player recently in Overwatch League who's been dropped from three teams now and like out, like banned from Overwatch League, um, due to the fact that he he's a really good player and he has really good mental when he's winning. But as soon as he stops winning, he tilts. He broke a keyboard on land twice and just gets really toxic when he starts losing and he's been dropped from esports, lost his shot at playing professionally just due to the fact that his personality isn't very well. Yeah. That's a that's like a really good balance too. You know what I mean? And that's I feel like that's across any sport, any non sport, just like life in general. It doesn't matter how good you are at whatever it is you're doing, right? People can only take so much of an asshole before they're like, I no longer want to deal with you. So, like, dude, just being a team player is so important. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what sucks. You could have five really good players, and the sixth player could be ten times better than every player on that team, and you could have the number one team for every tournament. But if that player, who is better than all of you, has an ego and is an asshole, your team is going to suffer. You guys aren't going to perform well because you're constantly being bitched at by somebody who thinks they're better than you. Yeah. And that's oh, it's like, I think that like that's why I think mental health is such an important topic to discuss, and be open about when it comes to gaming, because all of these topics lead right back into that. You know what I mean? Toxicity and poor play, stressfulness, like it all leads into mental health. So having, bro, it's like so important. Just take time for yourself. Find whatever it is that kind of brings you back down to earth. And I, I like personally, I suffer really bad from anxiety and I have anxiety attacks and panic attacks almost every day, if not every day. And mine are, they're really short. It'll be like 10, 15 seconds, but it, it literally feels like my world is like, I'm fucking being crushed. And I don't like, I, I, I did the whole therapy thing when I was a kid and it worked, but um, I don't know. I just feel like I don't want to take Man. drugs for it. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to yeah. be relying on a fucking pill to kind of even me out. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I don't want to lose who I am as a human being because this pill has got me fucking mellowed out all the time, and I become like a just a vegetable. But also, yeah. like, dude, it's it's so tough to to live with like the crippling anxiety that you feel. You know what I mean? And imagine that anxiety sitting in front of. 1500 people with another 15,000 online watching just ready for you to make the mistake and you have to power through it and play it the best that you can knowing okay there's 17,000 people watching if i fuck up yeah yeah, yeah, like talk about not being able to come out of it (laughs) yeah like dude i mean like i'm just i'll just be in my car driving to work and i fucking 
but at the same time like if you do something amazing everyone knows you for that like it goes both ways but you're just sitting there teetering on the edge of yeah you just or infamy that's what it goes back to you have to zone out like like i said earlier you have to zone out and you just have to play the game you can't think about anything else that's bro and a lot lot of people fail to realize that right like they get and that's where it comes like the hotheads and everything like that you just gotta I mean, tunnel vision is a big thing that a lot of athletes talk about when they're playing their respective sport. Is tunnel vision? You just get this is all you see. Block out everything else, and you're just looking. It's like you know the blinders that horses have on when they're running. You know that way I mean, they can only focus on what's ahead of them. The first big tournament I had in Splitgate, I had just woken up, had to run to my computer, play the game. It was streamed in front of like 1,500 people, and I dropped the ball. I dropped one kill and like 23 something deaths i was like oh god like at this moment is it going to be remembered this is my shot at going pro and then i zoned in next game i dropped like 40 kills and like five deaths and then i was like okay for a week or so i was still made fun of for going one in 20 but then like a week later i also got tier two pugs and the first thing that said to me was like there's something along the lines of, aren't you the guy who went 1 in 20? I was like, yeah, but now we're both in Tier 2. What does it say about you? And then my first scrim set in Tier 2, I just popped off. Like, sure, I may have went 1 in 20, but that's not how who I am as a player. I'm more consistent than that. I just woken up. Don't, don't think of me as that person. Don't think of me as if I'm not a threat because I'm here because I'm equally as good as you, if not better. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and play the fucking game. Settle in. I'm the guy who went one in twenty, but I'm also the guy who goes forty and five every other game. Literally. Like, what are you gonna do about it? You know, if I'm if I'm if, twenty, then you should beat me easily, right? But no, we come out and stomp on your fucking neck. See ya. One literally, game. it's kind of a blessing as well. If people think of you as the guy who went one in twenty because they don't see the games that follow after it, like, okay, this is light work. They're gonna come into it. They're gonna get shit on. After the first game where they get shit on by a guy who went one in twenty, their ego is fucking shattered. Their mental is destroyed. They're playing like shit for the other two games of the set. And then at the end of the game, you get to say GG easy. You just got shit on by the guy who went one in twenty. What the fuck does it say about you? You got three owed. See ya. Like see you next land. Literally. Like thanks for lunch money, bozo. <laughs> there was one uh from a COD land that I saw. And it was uh, these kids won, and this guy stands up immediately and yells to this other org owner. He's like, hey, "Oh my god, yeah!" I said, "Put money together and lose to me every time." And I'm like, "Oh uh, yeah, holy shit, this is incredible." That was one of the Ezone events, I think. Yeah, dude, those yeah. those guys are. There's this one that one kid who wears like the hot Cheeto shirt or whatever every time. The bigger kid. Uh, the, the god, these guys fucking go at it, man. There's like fucking. I'm surprised nobody. I mean, I I bet it's. A billion times people have gotten in fights and stuff like that but those dude those lands those guys get fucking hyped up it's insane. oh yeah no but the thing about lands is that you're super nice after i remember my halo land we shit on the team and then afterwards i went outside to smoke with my teammate and we see them doing the walk of shame after just like talking shit on them on land like obviously we walked up to him gave him handshakes after and then we're outside smoking and we see them walk off and he runs up to him and he gives him like a big pat on the back he's like good 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 games around like you played amazing if it was any other team you would have won. Yeah. And like, no disrespect, you guys are fucking great. We're just, or we're on our shit today. That's what a lot of people don't realize about the difference between like a toxic player and just like a, an, uh, 
competitive player. You know, toxicity is being a dickhead all the time. Every time, competitor is I'm gonna bro like I'm gonna talk my shit. Competitor is I fucking hate you. I hate your entire family. I wish you death. But as soon as the game is over, we're best friends again. Yep, that's dude. Like, I I played football, you know, from high school, and now I play semi professional. I'm going to play um, in Mexico and and playing internationally and stuff like that. But football is that one thing, dude. Like pregame, you get in this mentality, and before you land, you get in this mentality, and you're like, "I'm the." I want to fucking hurt these people. Best there's ever been. Yeah. I'm gonna kill these dudes. I'm putting somebody in the hospital. I need to. I have to. And you get on there in the field, and dude, I I love talking shit. I love it, and people hate me for it. In my regular life. On the football field, games, dude. It's not an issue unless you bring it off the field exactly. or bring it off the stage. If it comes outside of the game, you are an asshole. You are a piece of shit. And the clock strikes zero. Exactly. We're, we're cool. Yeah, we're cool. Exactly. If you bring it off the field and you bring it off the main stage, you bring it out of the game and into the real world and into the public eye, you are a fucking asshole. You are a piece of shit. And that's what it boils down to. If you literally are still holding beef over losing something, grow the fuck up. It happens. Most people, they... Like, they just harbor that shit instead of using it. Like, okay, you beat me. Yeah. Hey, man, GG, I'm going to get you next time. Like I said, if I get shit on in a tournament, I'm using it as motivation to get better. Oh, yeah, of course. You have the to. The revenge arc. You have to. Yeah. I'm not going to go to Twitter and make a fucking twit longer talking about, oh, well, I think they cheated and the ref did this and all of this happened. Yeah, exactly. That's on me. We They were the better team. We'll come back next week. It's only going to make you look like a bozo. Literally. And everybody's gonna tell you you're a bozo, and then you're gonna come out and you're not gonna play well again, because instead of spend, spending this time learning from what you did wrong, getting better, improving, you're talking you're shit. Learning, yeah, you were had Twitter fingers. If my team loses a fucking game against somebody, we're using that match for our two bot reviews that week. We're gonna look and watch. We're gonna see where we went wrong. We're gonna see where we can improve. We're gonna listen to the comms, hear what was said, what wasn't said, call that person out. Hey, you need to do this next time. If they have an issue with being called out, you're doing something wrong in the first place. Yeah. Like, what, what, I don't know what you want me to tell you. Take accountability. Yeah. Focus on being better. You see me go to Twitter and say, okay, I lost because of this. I'll go to Twitter. GG, 2-3, close games. They were better. I couldn't bring it today. That's on me. And you said the big word that is just evading most people in this space accountability yeah like i there's so many people that can't take accountability for their own fuck-ups and their own action everybody um, else is to blame it's because the egos are like this you know what i mean people just, yeah they'll sit back and they're like you know what i've gotten to this point because of me i am this good at this game it's because of me if we lose it's not because of me because i know how good i am and okay, but what about the other five players on your team at that point? They got there the same way. You are all on the same playing field. If you were playing with a team, you did not get there because of you. They all also got there because of themselves. You are not better than them. You are not worse than them. You are on that team. You are all on the same level. No matter what the KDs are, right? Or the, the scores or whatever it is. You... you I mean, yeah. And some people get in that mode, that mama mentality where they just take over. But you have to have everybody on your team... At least playing some type of role for you to take off like that, right? Whether you're just a you're just a fucking punching bag and everybody's killing you first, 
but that leads your teammate. They're focused on you. You get the kills, whatever it is. You, every, every, everybody is, it's a team. Everybody. Yeah. I mean, especially in a game like Overwatch, if there, there's three roles, you know, you have your tank, you have your support, you have your DPS, your DPS is going to do the majority of the damage. Your tank is going to keep your, their shield up and make space so you can push forward. Your supports are going to heal everyone and keep you alive. Okay. So DPS didn't kill that many people this game. Okay. Yeah. We'll take accountability for that. We fucked up. We didn't do our job very well. How, what, what is the reason we were not able to do our job? What is the reason we were not able to perform? Is it because the supports were not healing us enough? Is it because the tanks weren't playing aggressive enough to take space when we're killing people? It's not just on us. It could be a mixture of the both. The tanks may not push up enough and the heals might not be enough. Um, and if the heals aren't enough, what is the reason for that? Is it because there is a character in the backline who is bullying our supports and our DPS aren't following up and helping them stay alive? Well, what is the reason for this? It isn't just DPS. It isn't just tank. It isn't just support. It is all three of us. We have to work together. We have to be the best we can together individually at our roles and help the other people on our team perform the best they can at their roles. If DPS isn't pushing up and getting picks, tanks aren't going to be able to push up. If supports aren't able to stay alive from DPS helping them, they're not going to be able to keep people alive and then we're going to die faster. Yep. And... That, that's like the biggest thing for a lot of people too is take a step back out of your out of yourself and be like you know what you're right you're right i'm not pulling my weight here's what we need to do make the change and you, like if people just like did that you're right i'm sorry let's make this change bro it'd be so much easier you know what i mean but I feel like there's there's always got to be that one person that's like, nah, you're not doing this, so I can't do this. Well, you're yeah. right, but what what are you doing to help me besides just sitting here and shitting on me mid mid tournament or wherever it is? So I, I mean, dude, practice has got to be so important, you know, playing scrims and and vod review and stuff like that. I mean, you guys are probably learning so much about yourselves individually and and um the game itself and your yeah like that like bro it's that shit's i'll bring it back to me as a football player like sitting in film room i love watching film as a football player i love it you have to that's the only way to get better is watching film have to see your own mistakes to see where you can get better you can sit here and you can watch the best team but what is the best team going to teach you that is how they play if you're not i don't i don't know much about football but if you're not sitting here playing the same way tom brady plays the things that he does aren't going to apply to you as a person you need to watch what you're doing see how you play and see what you can improve on about yourself to be better i'm not tom brady i don't have the skill set he has but what i can do is figure out the what you do right right and when you're in the moment and you're playing or you're practicing or whatever, you you can't then immediately go and analyze it. You gotta wait until the, you're in the film room, and then you yeah. go back. You're like, okay, this is what I did. Seeing it within yourself, your you know your coaches and whatever can tell you this, but it's like, okay, what do I need to do to be that little bit better? How do I get better? Getting better yeah. every day, you know. That's yeah, putting in the extra work by yourself. It's doing the research watching film like outside of the film room when you're watching with everybody else like you're saying you're one-on-one uh vod review with your coaches and stuff like that gotta watch it by yourself you gotta put yeah. that extra bit of effort because like you said there's hundreds of people who could take my place right now and be just as good if not better 
I mean, I could sit here harder as hard if not harder than you right now to come and take your spot that's a mentality yeah exactly somebody's coming but but you're the one in the spot right now so you need to work just as hard to keep your spot i could sit here and i could watch ons who is undisputably the best overwatch league hit scan player that there has ever been for days and i could compare myself to him but i'm not him he has a different skill set than me yeah. he i could watch him i could learn really generic basic things like okay i can get here and shoot from here okay i can take this position to get a sneaky shot here but how would that help me if i'm not going to hit that shot if he has better aim better mechanics better game sense how is that going to help me how is that going to apply to my games it won't i need to sit here watch how i play watch what i'm doing correct what i'm doing wrong what my strong suits are what my weaknesses are and i need to improve upon them if i have something that i'm extremely weak at okay then i'll take the next week and i'll work on getting better a lot of people fall short with that. So it's 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 good that you bring that up, man. Because I I feel like you've a lot. I don't, most people don't kind of get this opportunity to hear from somebody in your position. So I think it's good that you know somebody's gonna listen to this and they're gonna be like, shit, this is what I need to do. So if you I had mean, kind of like any advice for that kid who's sitting in his room right now and he's trying to do what you're doing. What would you say to him right now? This is going to be the most generic shit that you will ever hear, but it is the truth. It is okay to idolize someone. It is okay to look up to someone because they're a good player. That is okay. The ones with the second best Jonak or the second best super, be the best you. Don't be super number two. Be chill number one, you know? Yeah. Have people look up to you. Don't become your idol. Become somebody else's idol. Be the best version of you that you can. Focus on yourself. Focus on what you're doing wrong. And that's as simple as it is. Like, it's generic as fuck. But it's true. It's it speaks to the point, though. You know what I mean? I mean, as basic as it, it's not basic, right? Because it's it, it's just the truth. There's no a better way to put it, right? Like you put it in the simplest terms, the best way that there is to put it: be you, be the best version of you that you can be. Yeah. And like, I think, like, a lot of people are gonna hear this and they're gonna agree with you you know so it's good and i think that's about as good a place as anywhere you know mindset wise as you can possibly be it's yeah. okay i'm not i'm tunnel vision i am you know have your idols but you want your idols to become your rivals yeah like yeah you're gonna still get compared to people people are still gonna say you remind them of people and that's just the truth of it but that doesn't mean you have to be the next to them I get compared to old players all the time. So what? I'm not them. I'm me. I'll take it as a compliment. It may boost my ego a little bit, but I know they are the best, but I'm going to be the best someday. On yeah. For how long already? And you, you're still getting yeah. started, man. Exactly. So it's, You always have room to improve. Yeah, you, you're laying it out perfectly, man. And I think that's about as good a place as anywhere to kind of wrap this up. So do you, do you have any more like closing remarks or just kind of things you want to talk about or do you want to plug anything? Anything you got in the works or socials or anything like that? No, really. Just follow me on Twitter. Need more Twitter followers. My follow my following to follower ratio is a, it's getting it's a little, little spooky. It's yeah. A little close. I mean, it's 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 getting there. But uh, yeah, cat was taken. K a p w a s t a k e n on Twitter. Give everyone coaching. Metify is in the description. Yep, Metify. Partnered with Aim Lab. Yes, sir. Uh, he's the guy.
he's got his email in there and everything. So hit him up if you guys ever want some uh, some advice from uh, one of the uh, aimbot gods, human aimbot. You know. What I mean? <laughs> so, cat man, I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time out. I know we've been kind of trying to set this up for for a little bit of time. I'm really glad that we finally were able to kind of get down and set up. For sure, for sure. I appreciate you having me. I'd love to come back sometime. Yeah, we'll we'll get you back on the show uh sometime soon, man. Because I, I love your perspective on gaming and everything like that. And I'm gonna give Overwatch a shot now because of how fired up you are about it. So hopefully you know, I gotta count so I'll play with you. Hell dude. Hop <laughs> on a smurf and you're gonna grind me up the diamond or whatever the fuck. I got you. Is, dude. <laughs> I'll become your uh your your sub player for your pro team. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can fake it till I make it, man. Don't worry about me. <laughs> fair, fair. All right, everybody. This has been uh, the Work in Progress podcast powered by Fluid Gaming. You can go ahead and follow us on all the socials uh, at Fluid Gaming FG on Twitter. I believe it's the same on Instagram. Follow our Twitch as well. Uh, we got a lot of excited things com- exciting things coming in the pipeline here uh, with some pro teams. Uh, go follow Carnage Gaming, uh, Glitch Energy, Contact uh, BMM. Uh, we got a lot of really exciting stuff coming up, and there'll be more plugs in the future. But I'm new, and we're just getting back into it. So, um, you know, don't fucking rail me too hard in the comments here. Uh, if this is going on YouTube, please like and subscribe, and leave a comment down below. You know, uh, letting me know who you'd want me to have in the future. We have our little sticky fingers in a lot of different areas, trying to get some cool people on here for you guys. So, uh, this is the first of many, and I look forward to seeing you guys on the next one. Peace.